What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the I'm Getting There podcast. It's your host, Michael Booth, and I am here once again with a brand new episode and a brand new guest for you guys today. I am here with drummer, comedian, and podcaster Sean Boyles on this episode. This was a fun one. It was cool to sit down and um, get to know Sean a bit better and talk about uh, his journey uh, playing the drums and playing in bands and and getting to go and tour and, and do stuff like that. It was really cool uh, to hear all about that and then also just talk about his journey in comedy. He also has a podcast, which you should go check out, the Sean Boyles podcast. I think he has a link in his bio and his Instagram for that. And go follow him on Instagram at uh, Sean underscore Boyles 510. Um, and then make sure to check out his bands that he's in. Um, the links in his bio and links in his uh, page. Um, also, make sure to check out if you're in the area. He has a show every first Thursday of the month at uh, the Bistro in Hayward. I think it's at 7.30. And it's a free comedy show, so go check that out, support that. And if you could also uh, follow the podcast on Instagram, at I'm getting there pod, all one word. I'll make sure to tag Sean and everything in the episode when I post. And hit the link in the bio, subscribe to the podcast. If you're not subscribed, if you're listening right now on platform, hit that subscribe. Uh, and uh, if you're on Apple or Spotify, uh, please uh, rate the podcast, give some feedback. Appreciate everybody that's done that so far, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Sean. I just want to say thanks again for doing this today. Um, I uh, I think I met you at the Blue Lagoon is where I uh, think we've met in person. More than likely. You're a Santa Cruz guy, and uh, I don't get down there very often, so that might have been where I think, where it all yeah, went I down. Yeah, we met there. And then I, I, uh, I, like, I think we added each other online, and then I saw that um, you're a musician. You've been playing playing music for quite some time now and i was i i checked out some of your some of your bands some of the stuff that you have online and uh it's pretty dope dude like i uh how long how long have you been because i saw you you studied music too i think right oh uh, where do we begin <laughs> uh so uh i started playing drums when i was eight okay and um took private lessons for a while and then uh, when i got out of high school i uh went to cal state hayward I still refuse to call it Cal State East Bay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I almost got a um, almost got a music degree there. Um, I was about eight units shy of uh, getting a, uh, a Bachelor of Arts in performance. Okay. Um, obviously wasn't a math major because I didn't take out enough loans to finish my last <laughs> year. Uh, so I ended up eight units short. Um and then I've been playing in bands and clubs since I was 14. Uh, yeah, I've been doing this a long time now. I'm uh, I'm creeping up on 49, so uh, yeah. I've been at it a while. Nice. Is it always been just kind of around? Like, have you gotten to play like anywhere like out anywhere interesting like out out of out of town like down? Oh yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've got to tour Japan a couple of times. Oh, uh, wow. I got to tour uh, Europe once. I've been uh, about halfway across the states, uh, but then I've flown out and played on the East Coast. Um, so I've been uh, pretty lucky. Uh, I haven't made a fucking dime doing it, but uh, it's. Uh, um, but I always say um, all the all the best stuff that has happened to me, all the raddest things that have happened to me. Uh, all my favorite things that have happened to me have been a direct result uh, from music. Okay. Uh, either either places that I've seen or uh, people that I've met. All my best friends are I've met through music, and it's how I met my wife. You know, so all all the best things that have happened have been uh, because of music. Hell yeah! Has always been the same style of music too. Have you always been kind of gravitated towards the same like? Uh... It's uh, it's always been aggressive, I I would say. Um, so um, the, my very first band was a thrash metal band when I was fourteen, um, and then uh, then in the nineties I sort of did a like a rap metal kind of thing, 
uh, new metal, as a lot of people like to say, okay. I, although um, that has such a shit stain name on it that uh, <laughs> I uh, sometimes don't. In fact, the background that's here is my old band's uh, logo. It's a uh, it's a low and brow lion holding a forty. Nice. Because our old band was called uh, Liquor Store, as in liquor store. <laughs> but uh, nice. And um, and we did that for a few years. Got close to being signed, and that was. Um, that was well. Then after that, I did a. Um, I was in a ska reggae band for a little while, but at the same time, I was in a dirty rock and roll band. And then after that, I was uh, in a hardcore band for a while, and then um, then joined a band that later became uh, my band Hellbeard, which is a post metal behemoth kind of just big loud thirteen minute long song kind of band. Okay. And then, um, and then I play in Zed, which is a stoner rock band, and now have gotten back into playing hardcore with uh, this band Hazards that I joined uh, last year. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 been kind of all over the map, but it's always been you know more or less heavier stuff, uh, except for the flourish. Th- that that reggae band was wild. I don't. I don't know. What, I don't know what got. I don't know what that was all about. I was helping out some friends and ended up. You know, I said, oh, I hope you guys uh, record your record. And uh, we recorded and ended up staying in the band for like two or three more years. But uh, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> I learned a lot, though. It was great. I got to learn. Hell yeah. And uh, with with touring, like you said, out of the country and stuff, um, do you have like, do you have any particular like instances of of you, you and your band kind of... Um, like any any like really interesting or stories that like stick out or memories that stick out right away when you think about well anytime you go somewhere that you've never been you know what i mean there's gonna be that wonderment and that awe of like oh shit we have you know i've never seen this before Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so um when i um i was in this band insolence that's from san jose um i joined them in the later way way later part of their career and um and again, old friends of mine that uh, kind of needed a needed a hand, so I helped them out uh, playing drums. Uh, but I kind of joined them with the hopes that because they're the cliche big in Japan, you know. And I was like, oh, if I join these guys, maybe I get to go to Japan. And sure enough, like six months after I joined, we're going to Japan. So, um, but it's you know, I mean, you're going someplace you've never been before, so everything looks awesome. Everything's awesome everything's like oh wow i've never seen that before japan is i mean i if there's another country to move to i'd move there just because it's clean and everybody's super nice although um if you don't speak japanese they kind of look at you sideways but uh um there's you know there's some underlying things there but uh man it's just um i mean yeah there's tons of stuff you know what i mean just and just you know touring uh when i've been able to tour the the u.s just the fun of being out of your hometown and seeing how other places do it you realize um we're all pretty much the same everybody's getting down more or less the same way everybody's trying to do the same things as far as um keeping themselves happy and um you know it's 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 an interesting thing how um, how divided we get so easily. It seems like these days, when if you really step back and you're able to see how other people have been doing it, everybody's kind of more or less doing the same thing. So uh, you start to um, sort of be suspect of uh, this division that we're all supposed to be uh, having right now. So yeah, I can, I see what you're saying. I, I recently traveled. Uh, east went to arkansas and was hanging out oh, there right for on. a week and it was it's, i could kind of see what you're saying because like i was hanging around people going out downtown and trying to like get a feel for what it's like and it definitely felt very similar to you know yeah aspect. especially you know perfect example when you go to the south like you know when i've been to texas it's like you know everyone's like oh you're in texas you're in the south you know but for the most part there's you know they're not wearing their conservative ideals on their sleeves. You know what I mean? You know, if you get into a deep conversation with anybody, you're going to butt up against something. But for the most part, 
they're going to the grocery store and they're buying milk and they're trying to feed their kids and they're trying to do the same thing that you're trying to do when you go back home. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're trying to put gas in their cars. They're trying to make sure they're, they're happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you kind of, you start to see things a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? Like when I went to, uh, um, uh, Zed gets invited to do the Maryland doom fest and, uh, they're in Frederick, Maryland and Frederick, Maryland's got a sort of, you know, a Southern vibe to it. You know what I mean? But you know, there's, a there's a taqueria that I found there that I, you know, walk three blocks to from the venue that we're playing, but I got to walk through this neighborhood and everybody's out on their porch drinking their teas. You know, they're waving at you when you walk by. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, and then I look like this walking through there. So it isn't like, you know, you don't see this every day walking <laughs> through there, Yeah, but Nonetheless, everyone's like, you know, once in a while you'll get that. Oh, hey, you ain't from around here, boy, are you? You know what I mean? But you you say something snarky back to them in a fun way, in a joking way. They get a laugh. You get a laugh. Everybody's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not trying to. You're not trying to change their mind. Uh, they're not trying to change your mind, and you go on about your shit. You know what I mean? And it's all good. Totally. Uh... And so I'm I'm curious now, like how does how does comedy fit into do you like you're so you're playing music and stuff like how do you come about like doing stand up like how does that get into the like... uh, that's a good question um so when I um in fact it's, insolence has a lot a little bit to do with this when I joined insolence um I got flooded with a lot of um, friends requests from people uh, especially in the South Bay. And um, one of them was a uh, comic, uh, Pete Munoz, okay. who was a fan of the band and uh, wanted to, you know, be friends on Facebook with the new drummer, Insulence. So um, since I was about 19, I've always thought of maybe trying comedy. Um, never did it, never had the balls to do it just because at 19, I was like, who wants to hear what a 19 year old has to say on a stage about anything? Um Fast forward, I'm 42 or 43, and um, I'm seeing posts from Pete about, you know, hosting open mics and doing showcases here and there. And I kind of wanted to, like, sort of know somebody that did it before I tried. Mm -hmm. So um, I just, I DM'd him. I was like, hey, you know, you know me as the drummer for Insolence, but I've always wanted to try comedy. Um, You might not be able to give me any trade secrets, but whatever little inside info you can tell me if you could give me this little nugget of info you know i know i gotta do open mics and stuff but you know if you can tell me anything you know yeah dude he dm'd me back this you know multi-paragraph like do's and don'ts and it was so spot on nice and um and i'm ultra thankful for him for doing that so what i ended up doing i ended up coming down to um to woodham's his uh, his long running open mic that he does in Santa Clara, and I came down, and I watched probably thirty five comics go up that night, and then at the end, you know, he saw that I was there hanging out still, and he's like, "Do you want to come up?" And I was like, "No, no, no, no." no. You know? <laughs> so um, he he closed the show down or whatever. And he came up to me. He's like, "So what do you think?" I, and I said, "Well, I think I can do better than the worst comic I saw here tonight." And he's like, well, if that's all you need, you know, come back next week, you know. So I came back next week uh, um, and, uh, excuse me, I'm still getting over a a flu. Um, I came back uh, the following week um, and I went up there and and I actually knocked it out of the park. I, um, I, I did really, really good for my very first open mic. And that's not something that you hear comics say. Um, Yeah. Uh, I got really lucky. The guy that went up before me did um, did five minutes on how he gets mistaken for a lesbian. So I went up there saying the first thing out of my mouth was said, you know, I've never once been mistaken for a lesbian. <laughs> so I got a nice little uh, nice little uh, double right go. out of the gate. Yeah. And then everything that I had had planned, uh, I did. Uh, I did well. And um, had everybody's attention, and I got big laughs. And then I had a guy come up to me after, and he was kind of mad at me. He was like, "There's no way in hell that was your first time." I'm like, "Take it easy. Um, <laughs> this was my first time doing comedy. I've uh, 
I've been a jackass my whole life, yeah. but this is the first time getting up in front of anybody and actually doing this. So, uh, you know, he's like, no, dude, you went up there like you own the place. I go, well, I've been playing in bands for, you know, 35 plus years. Yeah. So uh, that might have a little something to do with, you know, I had the stage legs, you know what I mean? Yeah. Being up on a stage was not, uh, was, was, was not the hard part for me, you know? Yeah. And now you're, now it looks like you got, you like produce some shows or have host some shows too. And, yeah, um, about uh, maybe two years into doing comedy, um, it was told it was told to me by a few people, "Hey, you should probably start uh, producing your own shows." And I was like, "Why?" <laughs> 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 that seems to be a, a, a thing. So um, I hit up a couple places, and um, the one place that I kind of had my eye on um, that I really wanted to start doing some stuff at was, uh, the bistro, which is in downtown Hayward, uh, in the town that I grew up in. Uh, and, uh, they were, they were totally down. And uh, now the bistro has music that their website says music every night of the month. Um, it's always been a music venue in Hayward. Um, it's usually, um, a local band's very first venue that they'll book themselves at, you know, uh, it's just they've always had music. They have jam nights. They have uh, music open mics. They've, it's just always been music there since I could remember. Okay. And um, I was like, you know, I wonder if they'll let me do a comedy show there. The dude was down. Uh, we do, we ran two years straight uh, before the world tried to end, and then we were down for um, we were down for twenty two months, and then uh, we came back. Um, uh, we came back January of uh, 2022, and uh, we've been we've been at it every month. I do the first Thursday of the month in downtown Hayward at the nice. Bistro, and uh, I was doing some other places too. I was doing a place on the other side of town in Hayward, uh, this little dive bar called called the Dark Horse. I was doing that for a little while. Um, that got a little too rowdy, um, and uh, and I was booking uh, some off nights at Tommy T's, uh, but that got a little. Um, uh, I don't know. Got a little, little too stressful just because it's a bigger room and uh, they, I, you know, they want to make sure you're feeling, uh, filling that place up. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I didn't have the time to promote to hustle and... the hustle the free tickets and try to paper that room. And mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, I, I run a, full, you know, I got a full time job. I run my own paint company. I, you know, and then I'm in, you know, three bands that are active. <laughs> yeah, that's plus trying to, you know. <laughs> So lot, yeah, yeah, trying to trying to you know be a full time, you know, what's felt like almost like a, a full time uh, show producer was like ah fuck that. Mm-hmm. Let me do my once a month little room that has a sort of natural off the street sort of crowd. I'm starting to get some regulars now at the bistro. Nice, uh, but that's just been fun. It's you know they're up for anything. Um, I'm able to book whoever I want to book. Really, um, everyone's been really cool about you know. If I book a bigger comic, they use it, they usually use it as a workout room. And if I'm booking, you know, guys that are newer, you know, they're stoked uh, at a, uh, to have an opportunity to do a showcase. So yeah, it's a, it's a cool little room. It's a good vibe. And uh, I'm uh, we just did a show uh, just this past Thursday. It was it was great. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Have uh, have you ever had times where like comedy and music kind of like cross paths? Like maybe you're like performing and you do stand up at like- so i try to um i try to keep them separate i try to keep them separate there has been times where um, a band of mine has been booked and they will ask me to host or try to be the mc hmm. and uh you know maybe you can t- tell some jokes <laughs> in between um i'll usually deny it depending on what it is uh, although uh, sofa fest in um in san jose which happens uh, twice a year um, uh, Jimmy Arsenault is a good friend of mine. He asked me to host uh, one of the stages, uh, but that stage, um, my band Zed was going to headline that day. So I hosted all day long and then just had somebody else come up to introduce Zed because I wasn't going to introduce Zed and then run behind the <laughs> yeah. drum kit and start playing. <laughs> it was, you know, it'd be kind of weird. So, um, and then, uh, but then it's, it's, um, opportunity has come up because of my ties to music so only a year into doing comedy um uh the band death angel uh 
who does a Christmas show uh, every year in San Francisco, asked me to uh, host their Christmas show. Like, you know, um, that was, well, shit, that was five years ago already. Um, but, you know, they always try to do something different for these Christmas shows that they do every year. And so they threw me a bone and let me host. And I got to do, I did comedy off the top to get it going. And then I would come up before the bands and do a little bit more comedy and introduce nice. the bands. And uh, and that was really, really cool of them to let me do that. But I wouldn't have got that opportunity if I didn't know those guys. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then I've had friends of mine's bands want me to, um, you know, um, say they're doing an anniversary show and they want me to host the anniversary show for them and maybe roast their band oh, okay. because it's their anniversary and they want to do something special. So there's been times when it's been to my advantage, but, you know, I'll show up as comic, you know, of course, you know, with, you know, huge music background, mm -hmm. you know, and then, you know, when I do those kinds of shows, I can do a bunch of material that I can't normally do at a comedy show because maybe it's so music centric that maybe the average comedy fan wouldn't understand. That it. Makes you know sense. I mean? So, yeah. you know what I mean? So, you know, I can kind of, there's a line, there's a line I can straddle for sure. Uh, but I, for the most part, try to keep them separate. Nice. That's cool though. Like getting to, yeah, like you say, like getting to do uh, comedy more in that vein of particular to them. Like that's got to be fun to at least express that because it's something like you said you can't do at a regular show. So you kind of maybe it's just material you have, but you go like, oh, I don't know if this is gonna ever work. You get well, yeah. I mean, if I do a, you know, if I make a reference to thrash metal in front of a regular comedy crowd, they're gonna be like, oh, I, I think I know what that is. But if I do it in front of a music crowd, they know exactly what For I'm sure. talking about. Yeah. And I can go, you know, a little bit more in detail about a very specific thing of that kind of music. And I'm going to get a big laugh because, you know what I mean? You know, mm -hmm. like I said, I, and I did I do it there or did I do it? I think I did it there, you know, because Death Angel is a thrash metal band. They've been around for a long time. And I said, you know, the Bay Area be it that that's the birthplace of thrash metal. There is a very important aspect of thrash metal that we're not giving enough props to because I believe the thrash metal wouldn't be anything if it wasn't for methamphetamines. <laughs> and any, <laughs> anybody from that world that knows what I'm talking about laughs their dick off at that joke because they know goddamn well that nobody's coming up with that music if they're not gacked out on crank. You know what I mean? So, so it worked out, you know. But again, it's a pretty specific joke to that genre of music. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You wouldn't have an exodus if there wasn't fucking crank. That's just all there is to it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, so anyway. Yeah, it's funny to know. see pictures of like old, old like bands from that era and everybody's eyes are just like, Oh just yeah, wide open. And you're like, oh, those yeah. dudes are flying. <laughs> oh they're, yeah, they're all pasty and sweaty. You know, <laughs> just... all the time. Like you, you know, come on, you know, uh... they all got Budweisers in their hand. Yeah, it's like, you know, come on, you know, you're you're on a little something. They definitely conveyed the feeling in the music. You know, like the oh, a lot of that's, that stuff. I mean, just, that's all you can really feel when you listen to that. You kind of just feel it's like... my favorite shit, and and I got very lucky that i was like the young kid that was witnessing it you know what i mean in it you know and i wasn't even witnessing it at the very beginning i was catching like you know second and third waves of it but at the same time you know what i mean to see that community and to see you know and even still now like how important it is uh to just the you know to the bay area and um and you know I don't know. Like I said, I feel that I was really young when it was happening. So I kind of feel like I was observing it. But at the same time, I still feel sort of part of it, too, because, you know, like I said, my first band was a thrash metal band. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was trying, yeah. you know, I was trying <laughs> to get at it, you know. Yeah. So and then, you know, and as time has went on, you know, I got a lot of friends that are, you know, some of the bigger, bigger cats that are in it. So, you know, I guess I'm in, I'm, you know, like I'm on the peripheral. <laughs> like uh like people you knew growing up that you played with they're like in they've kind of or, or just uh people that i've met after the fact that are you know heavier hitters you know what i mean mm -hmm. or people that i seen when i was you know 
that 15 year old kid, you know, sitting there and, you know, going to shows and uh, handing them a flyer of my band, you know, and hoping, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you have, you know, you hand Rob Flynn a flyer. You thinking that he's going to come see your band, you know what I mean? Or whatever, you know, you know, you know, and, but later on, I know the guy or, or, you know, or Phil Demo, uh, you know, the guitar player for violence who was in machine head for a long time, you know, like I'm friends with the guy now, but back then he was like, Oh my God, that's Phil Demo. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you sort of put these guys up on a pedestal, you know, or seeing James Hetfield at the Omni in Oakland, you know, at a the sold out, you know, uh, who was playing? I think death was playing and you're like, wow. Holy shit, James Hetfield's here. You know, you don't want to go anywhere near the guy, but at the same time you want to sit there and just watch him. Like he's a fucking giraffe yeah. at a zoo or some shit. You know what I mean? So wow. it's, you know what I mean? You know, not that I know James Hetfield, but at the same time, it's also like, sick that you saw passed, death like at like at that time. Like that's that's awesome. Oh yeah, dude! I see the. <laughs> it was like the that's that's amazing. Ever... You're seeing death and Hetfield's at the show. Like that's amazing. Like, that, that sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, it, and that was the biggest uh, the biggest pit I ever saw at the Omni was uh, was death in uh, this band from Palo Alto called Epidemic, who. Uh, one of my favorite out of the maybe second or third wave of the thrash metal bands epidemic was fucking amazing. And, uh, yeah, the biggest pit I've ever seen in the Omni. Damn. I think the whole, the whole entire floor was moving. It was pretty bananas. Yeah. This, the, I mean, I've only been in California since 2017, but I've gone to quite a bit, like quite a few shows down here. And it's like very, the scene is very like, uh, very aggressive, very like involved, kind of like how it is up in Seattle and stuff where I'm from. And it's dope to, there's like a lot of new wave of like the kind of like thrash it kind of style music's kind of coming back. And, and it's been cool to, to see and be around and watch bands. Yeah. I've been seeing, the, I've been seeing the title new wave of American thrash metal. I've been seeing that, that like genre of, you know, uh, getting thrown around, which is great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, I don't know. It, it seems to be the, the, um, as far as modern heavy metal thrash still seems to be the most sort of true for whatever reason. Like mm-hmm. it takes just enough of the elements from everything else and still sort of, really is able to wave that flag in a proper way without being cliche, you know, yeah. holding an orb. Ah, yeah. You know, yeah. Kinda, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you know, goofball shit. You know what I mean? Like thrash seems to be the more street sort of, even though that it's got its cliches too, but it still seems to be the, the one that um, is uh, palatable, I guess, without yeah. as, without so much buffoonery. Because let's face it, the metal genre and all its bananas subgenres, some of it is just. I do. I saw the other day, um, old west metal. <laughs> I old haven't heard that. West metal. They're metal, but all the songs are about the old west and oh. pioneering and um, <laughs> and. Uh, dealing with the engines and, and uh, cactus and just like, what the fuck, yo? You know what I mean? It's like, come on. But see, it's stuff like that that makes me roll my eyes and go, this it's buffoonery. Yeah. It's, it's silly. You know what I mean? Pirate metal and Viking metal and like, you know what I mean? You know, I'm, some of them do it really well and it's kind of, you know, Behemoth comes out with that fucking Viking ship or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck they use. It's like, it's a spectacle, but you know, can I fucking headbang to it and can I fucking mosh to it? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's all I give a shit about, really. But I look at things a little bit, you know, a little bit different maybe than, than a lot of people. If it just, if, if I'm not, if I'm not being hit in the chest musically by what you're doing, any of your extravagant other shit is not going to suck me in. <laughs> it's just not going to do it, you know? That makes sense. Yeah, I've never been a fan. I'm Like, some some bands it's like a lot of production and stuff and i've been to some shows where it's like a like a whole lineup like 10 you know 11 12 bands and then like the halfway through the set it's like strobe lights fog everywhere 
and then you go and the next band doesn't have any of that but they like it's like they're still playing it's still foggy but it's like they sound better you're like i like this i yeah. like this that stuff before i was like it felt yeah like you're saying I... it feels like a distraction sometimes even though it's it could be cool like if it's your thing like uh like megadeth did some pretty awesome stuff uh when i saw them um was it a few years ago when they came to concord with uh with lamb of god and they had like the robot out like dancing with dave and stuff and it was like it was fun it was funny i mean it was kind of gimmicky but i was like this is cool you know like at least it's <laughs> well there's there's uh there's 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 lines right there's lines to be drawn in the sand you know like someone told me dude you're gonna love this band ghost they uh they're satanic they dress up in costumes and and they sound like blue oyster cult and i'm like you must not know me because none of that sounds fucking cool <laughs> You know, and then um, and then I see him and I'm like, well, this is fucking cheesy as shit. But then you turn around and see King Diamond do the same something yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah. Who's been doing that from the fucking get. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, that's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? Like there's a there's there's sometimes. a way to do it that, it that it's cheesy and there's a way to do it. That, that's kind of cool. You know what I mean? I mean, dude. I'll give it to fucking Slipknot. Nine guys in masks and jumpsuits fucking jumping around up and down on a stage yeah. banging on garbage cans is fucking phenomenally impressive visually. Have I liked a song that that band has ever done? <laughs> Never know, not what. You know what I mean? It's just they don't do anything for me musically. You know what I mean? But the, spe- the spectacle is amazing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Guar is fucking amazing. I fucking hate their music. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, I don't like their music. You know what I mean? So... That's understandable. Props to anybody that gets up there and does a thing, but yeah. you got to have the music first, as far as I'm concerned. If and I'm not, if, like I said, if I'm not getting hit by the music, then I'm 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 not into it. You know, mm-hmm. that makes sense. So, yeah, I uh, I agree with what you're saying though about like you know the the spectacle sometimes being more than the than the music itself. Um, I uh, I wanted to ask you about. I also noticed that you too yourself have a podcast and it looks like you've been doing, uh, doing it for, for quite some time now. Um, and I wanted to ask about like what, what kind of got you, uh, doing that and like, uh, and like what that's been like. Well, um, it's anything that I do, I do for very selfish, very selfish reasons. I don't do anything for anybody's approval or anybody's accolades or gratitudes or whatever. Uh, so, and the podcast is the exact same thing. Um, I noticed that for whatever reason, if the red light is on, something happens in my brain where I mm-hmm. something comes out of my face that I might have not have thought of otherwise. So I kind of use the podcast as a way to sort there of maybe... Go farm mm-hmm. material out of my head that I could potentially turn into standup. Um, it's happened twice in uh, 167 episodes of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I've gotten two bits right. out of um, uh, So, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't mind sitting in a room by myself and talking to the ether and, <laughs> and, uh, and doing a podcast. Oh, yeah. So, uh, um, I've had, I think, four guests in 167 episodes, um, but not because I'm anti one of the guests. It's just I don't want to bother anybody and ask them to come on and, and do a podcast. So, uh, um, so it's been uh, only a few. Nice. I think I've had mean. I think I've had mean Dave on twice. Um, I've had I've interviewed um, uh, Eugene. Robinson, who is the singer for Oxbow. Mm. Uh, I interviewed, uh, had a conversation with uh, Phil Demo before I mentioned Phil Demo. And uh, and uh, Ichi the Killer, who was uh, the DJ in uh, Insolence with me, oh, nice. who is a, um, you know, at one time was a world ranking uh, DJ in the, in the, uh, in the DNC. So, oh, wow. Uh, or the DNC. Um, he was like he was in like he did the fucking competitions and shit on the on the ones and twos. You know what I mean? Like he and that's like he's a he's a bad that's like scratching. Yeah, like, that's a, like you're talking about like like the original. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like 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 scratching okay. and shit. Okay. Yeah. Wow. 
Nice. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a phenomenal, uh, very musical um, turntablist. And uh, I wanted to sort of pick his brain because I never really, you know, the guy's a friend of mine, but I never really sat down and talked to him about, you know, DJing and, um, and how he even got into that. So, uh, so we, uh, in fact, it was funny because I went, uh, actually, he moved out of the area, he moved up to Seattle. That's kind of why Insolence broke up. Um, and uh, during the height of uh, being locked down, me and my wife drove up to Seattle to visit him and his wife. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then we did a did an episode of my podcast while I was nice. up there. So, uh, but yeah, uh, basically, it's been a way for me to sort of try to farm material out of my skull, um, and it's paid off only twice. But um, it's fun. Uh, I have a faithful probably 20 people that listen to my podcast oh, yeah. every week. Um, but uh, again, I'm not doing anything for any sort of glory. I see, I see your posts sometimes too. Like you'll, you'll take polls um, like, like just like, you know, like I was doing that for a minute. I was doing some uh, sorts uh, um this or that. So I was mm. calling them and, um, and I don't know what happened. I think I quickly ran out of this or that, or, or, or at least ones that were interesting enough for me. Um, I might bring it back. I don't know, but I would, I would do the this or that on my Facebook page, maybe a few days before the podcast episode. And then I would reveal my this or that for that particular, this yes. or that, you know what I mean? Like the, I think I did um, uh, Iron Maiden or Judas Priest. What do you got? You know what I mean? And then, and of course, you know, the, the comment thread is is can be intense you yeah. know what i mean people start, that's a, that could know, be a heated debate like it. that's uh, like <laughs> oh, and, and and that and that's a you know that i know for sure that's a huge you know hot topic sometimes for people and um i always i always lean uh i always lean maiden because to mm. me maiden has always sounded like maiden priest you go through priest's career and they, yeah, they sort of stuff. wandered and you know try a little this and try a little that and you know maiden from the get has always sounded like maiden. they're a little so, more um, sticky too like we were talking earlier they had a little more of a shtick than maiden did i feel like and again you know depending on how you pull off that shtick you know what i mean you know maiden is always sort of yeah they've had eddie as that little mascot and you know he'll come out and you know like i I saw Maiden when they came through here recently, and nice. I was I was blown away. You know what I mean? I mean, the stage show was above and beyond, and um, it was just it was just phenomenal. You know what I mean? It was really really cool. You know, the, yeah, there's some borderline. Yeah, I wish they wouldn't have done that. It was a little cheesy, but there was at one point Bruce Dickinson came out with a flamethrower. Oh <laughs> yeah, and he's shooting shooting flames out over people's head. And like pulled out another one, and he had two of them going at wow. one point. I was like, "Yeah, you can't fuck with that." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's around. pretty. That's pretty <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> was, you know what I mean? It was kind of cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I mean, yeah, I've seen goofy shit, but I've seen rad shit where like, I don't know. Maybe it's where you sit on it. You know what I mean? Like the very first show I ever went to, I saw um, I saw Dio. That was my first concert, and Dio's sticks a fucking giant sword into a dragon's head you know he's got a fucking dragon on the stage and he fucking yeah and he mm -hmm. you know shoves this sword that's bigger than him into the into the head of this dragon and just saying it right now that sounds kind of cheesy it was the fucking coolest thing i've ever seen in my yeah. life <laughs> that's that's, that's just, that does know? sound awesome like especially it was awesome yeah, you know that's... what i mean but I was 13 too. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's Dio. Like that's like, that's yeah, that's, that's so cool. Like my, yeah. You know what I mean? So it, there's, there's cheesy and then there's just fucking cool for the time. And then you got to put shit in perspective at what time it was too. That was fucking 87 or 88 or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know what you can, you know what you could do then and what you could do now, you know, I don't, it's just, it's perspective. It's where you stand yeah. on stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I talk to somebody that's in their early 30s now, and they're going to tell me metalcore is the heaviest shit that's out there. 
And I'm going to look at it and go, I mean, you're tuned down to Q and you fucking do your little sweeps and shit and like big fucking deal. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of fucking Ahab? Because that shit sounds way the fuck heavier to me than, you know, than your pig squeals, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's just, but it's, you know, but it's just perspective. You know what I mean? It's just where you stand, you know? Yeah, that's so true. You said like, right now I'm just thinking of, uh, I've had so many conversations about like the difference in like all oh, this shit back then wasn't, you know, wasn't in anywhere close to how heavy stuff is now. And it's like, well, also like you have to take into perspective that that was like, that was the first time that that stuff, like that kind of music was like being like, you know, put out there and played and, and there wasn't anything to base and there wasn't anything to look at and base it off of. And when you have like, like we were talking about earlier, all these dudes, you don't have Exodus without, you know, without Crank, like you said. Like now, like people, <laughs> people now are like looking and that's what they're basing. That's the, like their base, you know, like they're like going like, okay, this is, cla- this is classic compared or like that, that word is used now for that. Sure. And it's like, sure. well, that's now that's like where you, you know, where you start from. It's like there wasn't a starting point for like, where do they start from? You know, like where does, where does like. Right bands like I mean, slayer take, start you, from you know like exactly you, you think about it and and you know tony iomi losing those digits on his fingers and having to tune down a half step in order to play and make it feel right made everything it was just the biggest change that could ever happen in 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 rock at the time and if you listen to that very first Black Sabbath record and you listen to the title track of Black Sabbath from Black Sabbath, if that doesn't scare the shit out of you, no matter where you stand, that's the fucking root. And if you try to put yourself in 1970 mm-hmm. and by yourself in a bedroom, dropping a needle onto that record and hearing that fucking rain in that fucking toll of a church bell, in that it's fucking creepy Mm -hmm. so that's the root that's the fucking root you know what i mean and that's already scary of course things get fucking way scarier things get way cheesier things get not as heavy but maybe um more powerful Mm -hmm. it's just it all splinters from there you know what i mean and you know, and, you know, that band did it all within fucking one record in 1970. You know what yeah. I mean? So, you know, like I said, metal's got more subgenres than any other genre of music. Well, and it's bananas. Technology <laughs> also, I think, is a big part of, sure, part of it, too. Sure. Like, you think about, um, like, Sabbath and then the introduction of being able to, like, use like the computer to track drums and stuff and having like drum machines being able to play perfect uh, don't make my yeah. skin crawl don't make i'm just my skin i'm just crawl. saying like <laughs> it, like the, some of these bands like it's like stuff that gets so fast where it's like can you only really it's only really like recorded and chopped up and and listened to that way like it, it doesn't transfer over live like there, and, the, and there's a thing about that where it's so it's so ridiculous and so extreme that you know to me the soul gets squeezed out of it when it gets to that point Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like the part of that made you know so think just think about tuning down okay sabbath is only tuned to e flat and that was thought to be insane and it made everything sound crazy crazy heavy nobody does anything different for fucking decades until finally bands start messing with a drop D mm-hmm. tuning. Ooh. And then you start just, you know, just detuning the whole thing. And then, you know, and then the seven strings start happening. Now it's fucking, once the seven strings happen, it's a fucking wide open, just, you know, craziness yeah. of, you know, who can tune the lowest, you know what I mean? And it gets to the point where it's so low that you don't hear anything. You know what I mean? If you're going to play that, if you're going to be tuned to fucking G and you're going to play at Mach 10 in the first four frets of the fucking guitar, you're not going to hear anything. It's not going to be articulate. It's not going to make any sense. It's too low to hear the note differences at that speed 
especially if you got fucking double kicks blasting all the way through it. You know what I mean? I appreciate the effort, but I want to feel what you're doing. I want to be able to digest what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but then again, if I hear some cookie monster growly growl, you know, vocals, and I don't hear a fucking word about it, I can give a shit. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? He could be talking about, you know, puppy dogs for all mm. I care. It sounds cool over the music. I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so, it's like a – it's almost like – it's hard to explain. I think the best way to explain it, it's like when you first heard Thrash, it was like so different to what you are what you heard before that that you like gravitated towards that you're like, wow. Like, and I – like I find like – I listened because I listened to some of that stuff where it's like really heavy screaming, really fast, like blast beats. And I, I gravitated yeah. to that because it was like thrash turned up. It was like it's almost like they cranked sure. it a little more. And it, like when you're like I was a kid, like growing up listening to like Metallica and Suicidal Tendencies and like fucking uh, Slayer and Rage Against the Machine, all these bands my mom and dad would play for me. And then I, somebody, my, I think it was like my, uh, my aunt's boyfriend played Lamb of God. And I was like, what is this? Mm. And I was yes. like, whoa, what is this? And it was like really gra- like latched onto them. And then it was like, who sounds like Lamb of God? Found all these other bands and then started really getting into like all this different shit where it's like some of it I'm like, oh, that's too much for me. But then it's like, I don't know, you kind of develop like this, like, I don't know, develop like this taste for just like really it's just so extreme but it's like when you're like i said earlier when your bass is like when your bass is listening to like fight fire with fire when you're like seven years old you're like i don't like i don't know what to do i don't know what to do like like if this is this is like like doesn't do it for me anymore you know it's like you're almost like a it's like my sensor was like fucking no it's totally it 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 it, it, there's a there's a callousness yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah exactly depending on your bass like if i you know, for me, you know, Maiden seemed to be the heaviest and most crazy shit out there. And then I hear, um, I remember, because um, I didn't have anybody around me that was like actively listening to Metallica and the thrash metal shit mm-hmm. yet. You know what I mean? I'd seen, I'd seen the t-shirts and I, but I had just, you know, nobody that I knew was listening to it until um, I remember going to. I remember going in for uh, a drum lesson and the music store was playing some music in the store and I was hearing this acoustic guitar kind of stuff. And I was like, what are you guys playing? And the guy got excited. He's like, Oh, it's the new Metallica. I'm like, and I, but I'm hearing this acoustic guitar thing. I'm like, this is Metallica. That doesn't sound anything like what I've been hearing Metallica is supposed to be. He's like, wait, it was the beginning of battery on mm, master of puppets. Yeah. <laughs> so it was that clean, almost Spanish sounding guitar mm-hmm. thing. And then it comes in and then I was like, and then I was hooked. I was like, I need to listen to that, you yeah. know, but for me, it's always been, is the, um, is the soul there in whatever aspect is that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That it, is there, is there fire and anger and pain? It, can I hear that in the music? When it gets so ridiculously fast that it sounds, um, it doesn't sound organic, mm-hmm. then I can't, I can't, I can't get, wrap my head around it and I can't feel that. You know what I mean? So that's why when bands that I like that go that route that get extremely fast, um, it's usually grindcore bands. Or uh, power violence bands that flirt with those blast beats that throw those things mm. in there, but I can tell that it's a real guy playing. Yeah. It, that it, I can tell that they didn't program it first and then learn it after. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's a feel, uh, and then maybe that's you know being a drummer, I can hear the difference. But there's definitely a feel difference from an actual guy actually playing it versus a machine doing it first and then a guy learning it after you know um i don't know there's a although some of the grindcore bands do it that way too but the i don't know just i it needs to be raw for me i need to hear i need to hear that rawness i need to hear that fire and and uh 
And uh, like I said, if it gets too much, I it doesn't do anything for me. Do you me, think you, know you I mean? feel that way maybe because you've recorded some stuff of your own where you've had to really kind of put yourself in that position where you're behind the kit? Like this is how it's going to sound. This is what people are going to hear when they listen to this band and they like, you know, like, do you think maybe putting yourself in that mental space, <laughs> you're kind of comparing that maybe to like when you hear somebody else or hear something else sometimes. Maybe that, that there, it, probably that, some bias there. It's possible. It's possible. But the only reason why I would say maybe not is because of, you know, I'm a fan of hip hop mm-hmm. and that's all, you know, more drum tracks and drum machines, you know, usually, you know, synthetic drums you know what i mean so but that's what that genre is based on too you know what i mean so maybe i give it a pass because you know the origins of that music was you know machines emulating humans you know and and then in the beginning then you know grabbing those breaks and you know manipulating the record Mm -hmm. so that it could only play the break but then you got then later on the next you know is the machines emulating those breaks, and then you got guys learning how to play like a machine. Yeah, you know like what I mean. The, uh, yeah, <laughs> but for but for hip hop, I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Uh, the dude from the Roots, you know, fucking Questlove. I mean, there isn't anybody that sounds more like a machine than him when it comes to playing drums. You know, hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, there's, an, there's this other guy, uh, Jojo Meyer, who's this badass um, live drum and bass drummer. Wow. And he pulls off drum and bass beats on a live kit that if you close your eyes, you thought that somebody just put a bunch of fucking rad breaks That's together. That's pretty cool. But he's playing it on a live drum kit. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's just that weird, you know, art imitating life, imitating art, imitating life. And it's just sort mm-hmm. of the synergy the synergy of that um is is really cool you know what i mean so if i know a human is playing it and it's making it sound synthetic that blows me away even more than when i can hear the human playing yeah. you know what i mean um but then again it's just it's just got to feel it's just got to feel right that's i think it just comes down to this has got to feel right and to me sometimes there's too much machine and it doesn't feel right you know like 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 the new like lars on the new like lars on the new fucking metallica single (laughs) lars on the new metallica single um now okay sorry i didn't want to i didn't want to trigger you (laughs) lars no i I feel bad because he gets shit on so Mm -hmm. hard especially in the last like 15 years or, or more but there was a time, dude, when we all couldn't wait for a new Metallica record to hear what kind of shit was he going to mm-hmm. play. Because there was a time, dude, when he was one of the most innovative drummers in thrash metal. Like, the what he would play and the shit that he would do was different than everybody else's mm-hmm. and just sort of established the thing. You know what I mean? You know, Metallica was the fucking best out of all those bands. As far as innovation, nobody was doing what that band was doing. So when you, you know, I've heard Kerry King say that he's like, we couldn't wait for a new Metallica record to come out because we wanted to see what we had to come up with to compete with them. You know what I mean? So now, now that I step back though, I wonder how long did it take for him to take to get a good drum take? Mm-hmm. Like, how many passes did he need to go through before he got a good take on his drums? I mean, there's, you know, some, there's some video recording of him from the last record that's pretty like impressive for for him, for him being for him still doing it. Like, it's I like, mean, hey, dude, he's fucking sixty, yeah. yo. He's sixty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that is like. True any of those guys that are still trying to play that shit at that age, I got to tip the hat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now he's taking, he's dumbed down some of his parts and he doesn't play some of the double bass that he used to play or whatever. He's got to work that shit up. He's fucking 60. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there's some you know, Lombardo, Lombardo still fucking throws down and throws down hard. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? 
you know, but he's, you know, he's in his was, late fifties I was really too, impressed you know when I, mean? I saw Megadeth at the at the pavilion. Like, I couldn't. I honestly was like, who was playing drums? Was it Chris uh, Adler? I think so. Um, but I was just impressed to see Dave like still being it because he's just gotten over uh, throat cancer. And still, oh, still being, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. "How's he gonna Dave, sound?" Yeah. You know, because he doesn't. He's already. It's already Dave Mustaine. You know, is it gonna sound? But it sounded great. Yeah, yeah I was Mustaine's, like, "Wow." Yeah, Mustaine's voice has never no, been great, but, it was cool. but it's good for Mustaine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they he could, they ripped. Holy yeah. <laughs> yeah. Become yeah. a god. Me and, cousin, <laughs> me and my cousin used to just call each other and just sing random <laughs> Mustaine parts. That's... You know, my wife and my baby. <laughs> hang up, you know, like we would just go back and forth for weeks, just singing random Mustang uh... parts in our worst fucking Mustang fucking impersonation, and just laugh. Everybody just, has like a good, you know, like everybody that loves metal and like knows Megadeth has a good like Dave Mustaine impression. No, he's 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 almost a character. Yeah. Right? I saw a thing recently. It said, "Is Mustaine the Godfather of Thrash?" And I, I, uh, there was a lot of people that were like, well, yeah, he influenced this and he was in Metallica and he, he, you know, and, um, Carrie King played in Megadeth for a minute. So he's responsible for three out of the four, the big four, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, mm. I'm going to say no, because there was a band up here called Exodus that started in fucking 79 that nobody heard and nobody knew anything about until Metallica moves up here from, you know, from Los Angeles after already recruiting, Mm -hmm. you know, Kurt Hammett, who was in Exodus and uh, Cliff Burton, who was from the Bay area that knew the scene. You know what I mean? So, you know, if you're going to give, Godfather of thrash fucking titles thrown around. If you don't give it to Gary Holt, then you're fucking stupid. <laughs> That's just my opinion. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. You, you got to give it to the, you got to give it to the guy that was doing it before anybody. You know yeah. what I mean? And they were doing it before anybody, as far as I'm concerned. Hell yeah. Well, uh, and as far as, as far as Wikipedia is concerned <laughs> as well. I think that's a great place to uh, to go ahead and, and wrap up this interview. Um, I want to say thank you again for doing this. And if you have any up, no, upcoming pleasure. shows or upcoming, you know, anything where people can follow you to check out like podcasts and comedy stuff. Uh, my podcast comes out every week, usually very late on Tuesday night. Uh, it's the Sean Boyles podcast available on all the podcast platforms. Um. Uh, my band Hazards is playing the Caravan in San Jose on December 10th. I don't know when this is coming out. Um, uh, this will probably be blah, 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 blah. 12th. I think this will come out, so it'll be a little bit after that. But all right, we we just played the Caravan. Be it that it's kind of the end of the year. Um, things are sort of winding down a little bit and, uh, I try to lay off on how busy I get on, on, on stuff, but into the new year, um, Hazards is playing the, the park side, uh, January 7th. Um, I think I just, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think that's about all I got really going as far as off the top of my head. I know for sure what I got booked. Um, but uh, every first Thursday in uh, downtown Hayward at the Bistro is the Boyle's Bistro Blowout. That's nice. uh, my monthly uh, show that I produce um, this month. Um, who do we got? Oh, for the um, for the January show, we got Miles Weber headlining, who's fucking awesome. Oh yeah, he just moved back to the, just moved up, uh, back to the Bay Area from uh, from uh, being in Las Vegas for a while. So, um, but yeah, that's like I said, every month, um, every first Thursday, downtown Hayward, 730. Oh yeah, go check that out. Go follow Sean on Instagram. And uh, thanks again, man, for doing this episode. Yeah, um, you can follow Hazards um, on Instagram, Hazards spelled H-A-Z-R-D-Z. You can follow Zed on all the platforms. Uh, If you find uh, Zed Rocks, you'll find uh, the band Zed. 
there's 35 bands named Zed <laughs> and uh, nobody bothered to get a trademark properly. Plus, there's a fucking German DJ, uh, Zed with two Ds. Um, and that usually what comes up first. But if you put Zed volume uh, in any sort of search, you'll find uh, the record that I played on with that band. Oh, yeah. Um, be it that I joined them about five years ago. Um, and then my band Hellbeard. Um, which is uh, just coming out of hibernation. Uh, you can find on Bandcamp. Uh, we got two uh, two releases on there. So uh, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff out there. All kinds <laughs> of stuff. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please make sure to like and subscribe on any platform you're on right now and head over to Instagram or Facebook. Give the page at I'm Getting There Pod a follow to continue to stay updated on this. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>